Inking, writing, laughing, crying, sketching, drawing, then more crying, trying, crying, feeling it out. Um, this episode is brought to you by Spellslinger, the new comic from Token Studios. Sexy. Very sexy. So sexy. Yeah. Um, it's out, tokenstudios.com. Oh, so sexy. Yeah. God, just thinking about it, man. God damn. It's got me all <laughs> sweated and wired up. Yeah. Oh, okay. shit. No, this is this is just practice. Yeah, is it like, just practice? Like when we were, This is how I'm feeling, Kyle. Oh, my God. You, do, <laughs> you need to let me feel it out. We are feeling it out. Good. Okay. Uh, let's see. We usually start pretty spontaneous. What were we talking about? Well, we were talking about how sexy Spellsling is. <laughs> oh, that's right. We can use that to lead into today's topic, actually, too. Yeah, that's right, of... Uh, Feeling it out. Welcome to feeling it out. I'm Kyle. I'm, oh, welcome to feeling it out with Kyle and Connor. I'm Kyle. I'm Kyle too. And one of these days, I'm gonna get this shit right. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's the fun spontaneity of the show. I wish we could hear the theme song before we start, because like that's a thing that podcasts always do. Like sometimes they'll talk over it or they'll sing with it or something. But oh. I don't know how to do that. I, I'd have so to we put could be it, like. Well, I was. I guess if I, we had like a soundboard or something, you know, yeah. with like Aruga or if ah. you add a sound. <laughs> I would love that, but it would be very distracting. I don't know if I'd get this show done. I am down to try listening to the opening as it comes in, but I, I don't, I can't think of any reason why we would want to hear the theme song. I just, it sounds like it's nice. something the professionals do. Yeah, oh, I don't know. So yeah, uh, welcome to Feeling It Out. I'm Kyle. I'm a, a writer, podcaster. Uh, <laughs> you do something else now. Oh, that's right. I'm a. a, a Producer? producer, I'm a producer. It's of a too new... late because it's on. It's going to be officially printed, so you can't. Okay, you can't right. argue that anymore. Yeah, I'm a producer. I'm a producer of uh, a comic book by a very talented friend of mine who will remain nameless. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> for your own preference, you don't yeah. like to attach yourself to it. Not really. I. That's a mine we should I'm, feel out. I'm not even. Yeah, seriously. A well, we should feel out. I'm definitely not ashamed in my work. I'm very excited. I always tell people I'm so excited about it. Um, I'm Connor, and I I said this last episode, but I'm a comic book artist. Yeah, you are because I it's online, guys. Uh-huh. You can check it out. Um, and uh, what is it on page eight? I don't know what day it is. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. It's the day before <laughs> Valentine's Day. Uh, and yeah. uh, I hope all of you lovers out there in Lover's Lane, uh, holding hands and skipping uh, merrily, have all your gifts prepared for tomorrow, have all your chocolate, have all your flowers. Because I haven't gotten my girlfriend anything. <laughs> That's so artificial. This I'm is not really this podcast. Awful. No. Yeah. So let's talk about something real. Okay, yeah. Which, no. which Kyle introduced as... as he is smart enough to often do. He introduced the subject matter because um, I casually think about it during the day and forget. And so we're going to talk about something that has become very relevant. Uh, I won't. I won't drag him into this, but in my life, definitely is uh, the the idea of success, the metrics of success that we use to to milestone exactly where we are and stuff. It's funny because I had a metric for success. But as I was telling Kyle before he started recording, if I were to follow this metric, I have technically succeeded and not 10 pages of my comic have come out nor the first full issue. Uh-huh. Which is not a healthy way to think about a starting operation. But my metric was is that when I was at a convention and someone came up cosplaying one of my characters, I was going to be like, "I made it." 
You dressed up as a thing that I drew. I did it. So I have a very wonderful, talented friend who when she read Spellslinger, she wanted to cosplay the main character at church. And of course I was like, yes. But, but in that, I have now completely hit success. My metric is off because before that was supposed to be reading fanfic of my characters. Now that's the new metric of success. It feels weird. Where do those compare? Is that, is that a lateral move or is uh, so cosplay comes cosplay? Up oh, okay. Because the fanficers start, they build the momentum and the hype. Okay. Shout out to all those fanficers out there. <laughs> then the cosplay happens and that's where I'm like, oh, there we go. If anyone listening wants to write fanfic based on eight pages of a comic or when it's available on Amazon, Hopefully soon you just buy and read it and base it off that. I don't care. I'm happy to see it. Please ship anybody. I dare I dare you. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Because I want that. Sorry, I'm distracted because I'm thinking about what my metric of success is. Uh, and I'm I maybe it's easier formulated as a question to you. Uh, that like level of this is where I'm going to decide that I'm successful and I made it mm. moved for you because you said that it was first fanfic and then it became uh, uh, cosplay. Yeah. I wonder what mine is. Because <laughs> I feel like it's wrapped up for me in every, everything I do is like buried under 50 layers of emotions mm. and like brain chemicals and stuff. And sometimes I feel like I'm like doing everything I can to run back to my like shell and be comfortable again. And so like the older I get, it, it's, it's not very creative people, but I feel like my metric of success is more about my uh, comfort, my personal comfort rather yeah. than like fame or things. But I can feel a little voice like in the back of my head, even as I say that remind me that like that comfort is intrinsically like tied with, I think I've mentioned it on here before is being understood, mm. you know, in, in some way, whether that's in a, a TV show or a movie or a comic or, or even a song, like I, I w want to make something that fe I feel like, not bears my soul, but just makes one person go like, oh, okay, so I'm not alone. Like, like I, I, I get that. And not for their sake, honestly, but so right. I can go. No, but that's, uh, yeah. I think I, and I told this to Kyle when he mentioned it to me, and this is really going to sound like two guys just jerking each other off for a minute. So bear with me, everybody. <laughs> but he, because when he read Spellslinger, only on issue one, and then I was describing to him this idea I had for it. He was like, oh, my God. And, like, you you looked at me with this face like, that's what this is about? And I was like, yes! And I felt like I was going to cry, and I'm starting to feel it now because, like, oh. it's not even that in, – in, in this way that we're different, it's not even that I want to be understood. I just want someone to be like, oh, my God, I'm understood. Yeah, yeah. I want to present that, obviously – after this whole run, after this comic series is done and we're on to the next one and what have you, I can, having everything laid out, I feel like it'd be one of those things where anyone who knows me for more than like 10 years and I've talked to about like the themes, it would be like, oh, so this is like your, you put everything by accident into this. And yeah. it's like, yeah. And like that and then, Reverb too. Oh man, 
This could be a wild ride. But anyway, so that's I don't so I get that. Yeah. I totally get that. Because that and that I'm sorry, I don't mean to brag, but when I felt that because of you, I was like, oh my gosh. That's it. Yeah, I I just I've gotten a lot of advice from a lot of people and I've gone to a lot of networking events and stuff and I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I want to do and that's like a thing that, you know, when you're 10 years old and you're asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? You're, you say things like uh, an astronaut or a firefighter or if you're like, if you've had this beaten into you, you say a lawyer or a doctor because that's mm. what my parents want for me and uh it's never, at least for me, it was never. I wanna, I wanna like, I wanna make movies. Even saying it now, dude, is like embarrassing. Oh. And like to say that because because I have no schooling and I have no like real like anything for that. And it's it's been like a major shift for me meeting you and and getting involved in Token Studios because it's like it it feels what like what I moved here for, but what people are telling me feels like, uh, okay, you've spent time doing things for other people and for your friends, and that's really good, and it's time to do your thing, and it's time for you to, to, to get your thing because where, where are you going to be? And my metric of success, I feel like, is in flux because mm. I don't – I'm realizing now, like, I, I don't even know what it ever was. When I moved here, I, I – it's embarrassing, but I feel like a lot of people uh, feel this way, but I'll just use my I statements that I moved here and I was like, well, I'm such a good person I, and I've worked in these like disparate jobs. It'll show that like I can do anything. And when I get here, it's going to be great because I can get a job just doing something. And once I find something, then I'll, I'll you know, have uh, some money. I'll, I'll, I'll have a place. I'll have some friends. And then I can start reaching out and starting the real hustling to start being a real whatever right like whatever i'll do i'll do pa work i'll do whatever i can i'll volunteer with uh strangers on meetup groups which i have done and i have a like weird ongoing relationship where i like help them out but the, the more i think about that and i think like oh well that's not for me but i'm getting off track is that i moved here and i thought i could get a job doing anything all i got to do is get that job and from what I'm learning, that doesn't actually show that you're ambitious or a jack of all trades. It shows that you're desperate and spread mm. thin. And in my opinion, and I don't know if I'm like internalizing this stuff, uh, and it kind of feeds into like the fact that both of us have depression and both of us are just talking to each other in this echo chamber. And sometimes it, it's... It's really, really wonderful to have somebody who understands what's happening. And we're both in the forest and we can't see the, we can't see the forest from the trees. That's it. We're, we're yeah. in the forest. We're yeah. in the trees. We can't see what's around us. We've got this tunnel vision and it can be really beneficial to have somebody to just like shake you out of the tree and like smack you. Like in a really loving way, yeah. um, and uh, I'm really lucky that like Derek's been that person for me. So, in a like long-winded roundabout way, my metric of success has changed like 50 times since I moved here. Wait, because I've got a question for you then. When are you going to be comfortable calling yourself a producer? 
With um, Token Studios. Literally that in mind. When are you going to feel comfortable calling yourself producer? Can I answer with a rambling thought? Yeah. Okay. That's what, what, what is the whole fucking point of this podcast? <laughs> Is What's the point of this any podcast? Exactly. <laughs> I, I yes. Wanna... <laughs> Ask and answered. Moving on. Yes. 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 Uh, red or blue? <laughs> blue, please. And that's um, our show. Yeah, that was that was on the Oscars. I was watching the Oscars, and they were subjecting like what these A list actors to this or that. Um, and it was literally like um, Meryl. St- it would be like a uh, pizza or tacos, and it would show Scarlett Johansson go uh, pizza, and then it would flash to uh, ice cream or soda, and they go um. Gosh, I really ice cream. Whoosh, and there are like like three more God. things like that, and it was just so crazy. Talk about desperate. Yeah. What was your question? Uh, <laughs> oh, is there ever going to be a point when I feel like I'm when a not? Producer? Is there ever when when is when the point? will I? When in your head do you think you've hit the point where you could walk into a room and someone asks you what you do, and you're like, "Oh, I'm a producer." What has to happen? I feel like it plays into our uh, I like imposter syndrome episode mm-hmm. because even though I, I've technically like by definition of the word produced things, I don't actually know. I've never sat down and looked up what like the universe defines a producer. And in fact, when I was a kid with these same thoughts of, I don't know what I want to do. Do I want to be a movie? Like whatever. I thought the producer was like kind of a joke title. And it was like, oh, they're just the rich person who pays for everything. That's the executive producer. But exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I used to think that too. Yeah. Um, so I, I've always had kind of a low opinion of producer because in my head, it's it's what you do. It's it's those who can't do teach and those who can't teach ride the coattails. <laughs> But if I don't know, man, I don't know. And the whole thing about that too is that if everyone did the thing and no one taught, no one would know how to do the thing. I, Fuck that phrase because <laughs> I've had so many teachers I admired and valued who were also still working in the art field. It's like I get that doesn't always happen. I get fucking scholars or whoever the fuck ends up just being an English teacher. Like, yeah, that shit happens, but it's like. We need, this is not our podcast, but we need to stop belittling teachers in society. Oh. That's driving me nuts. But that's, again, not our podcast. Totally. Mm-hmm. I will I will just say that I value those who have different levels of skill and talent, those who had the opportunity and those who didn't, and those who can still find a way to live their passion in a in a field that isn't exactly what they thought. If I ended up being an art teacher, I'd be thrilled. It's like, well... Yeah, I can make it as an artist, but maybe it can help some of these kids be an artist or adults or anybody, literally anybody. Uh, and I only meant to ask you about the producer thing because I know that that is such a like a weird imaginary metric. Well, so wait, first you're breaking down my uh, you don't those who don't do teach, and I am so sorry for saying that. No, it's okay. <laughs> you are absolutely right. That that is something I, I was using like the phrase, but I'm realizing now that it is kind of offensive to the people that are raising our presidents of tomorrow. So Good I'm yeah, yeah, sorry about that. No, it's no, please don't. I'm not a teacher. <laughs> I can do the things. So but, don't apologize. No, and but, so you, what you're saying is that like. It takes like one person has the spark, but maybe not the the direction or even like the motivation to look up how they just have this idea that they really want to make, and somebody else 
doesn't really have an idea, but they have the know-how and the resources to yeah. make something happen. And that's that's what I feel like is happening. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I've tried to set up a website for my comics on four different occasions. Four different occasions in an age where, in an age where you can go to Squarespace, buy a theme, do nothing, and you're fine. Yeah. And I haven't been able to do that. You haven't been able to make your dream a reality with Squarespace? No. <laughs> Not sponsored at squarespace.com by Squarespace. slash feeling. But, which is a bad idea since we <laughs> use WordPress. <laughs> I will just say that in the Squarespace WordPress world, I just can't, something hits me, I can't do the thing. And maybe if you were in my position and you were writing something and doing all the stuff and I was helping you with the website, if I wasn't caught on this, when I'm holding my hands out for the big chunk of writing, <laughs> Then, you know, it's all a machine. I feel like some people get lucky and they could just do all parts of the machine. If I could pay someone to do my coloring for me, I would do it in a second. If I can get someone to help me with backgrounds, I would in a second. It, it, someone told me they could help me put a website together and organize things. And I took you up on that in a second because I'm like, I literally just can't do it. I can't, if, if it wasn't mine. If it wasn't mine, maybe I could do it. No, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. It's something that happens with like my the Gory Days podcast. Is there's because I'm the only one like doing it and in charge of it, and and uh, like in on paper that should be my dream come true. Yeah, is I get to make this thing and I get to do whatever I want and I can do this and this and this. And for some reason, the connection between I can do anything and I have to do it is does not, not connect. It's not good. Cause then it's suddenly not fun. And the instant it's not fun, I go, well then why would I do it? Cause oh, this yeah. is my thing a hundred percent. And I, I, when I started, I had a dream of having a producer like friend of mine who would just sit at the computer with their own headphones and just like move the knobs and stuff who I could also yell at occasionally and have them come over onto the microphone and talk about these crazy movies. Yeah. And uh, that never happened, and uh, Derek, bless his heart, isn't going to do it <laughs> for a number <laughs> of reasons, both mine and his, uh, which it just works out that I, I do it all by myself uh, with, with my guests and everything. And there's a disconnect, because I have to imagine that if I did have that one other person helping me, there would be some element of... Uh, like this is a product that we're working together as a team. Yes, exactly. And and I relate to that because my original webcomic that I've talked about a couple of times now when I first started doing it because it was a it was a call and response comic um I was essentially DMing. Here's the way to think of it. Why have I never thought of this? Huh. Some projects are like Dungeons and Dragons. I think a lot of any any all <clears throat> All creative projects are RPGs. Bear with me, guys. Okay. Most of the time, they end up being Dungeons and Dragons. When you think of a role-playing game, you think like, oh, like swords or dragons. Or, and if you don't, fuck you. But like, that's what I'm talking about. But you, oh, swords, dragons, whatever. And it's fun and there's numbers and there's story and you get to invent whatever you want. And it's so great. Um, I don't know if you've ever uh, DM'd a session before. I have. Uh, okay, how was that experience for you? Uh, it was really fun and scary. Yes. Because 
everyone in the group had played Dungeons and Dragons before. That's and terrifying. I never had okay, that's on a, either side. That's bad. And they gave me so much freedom and trust to just like kind of do whatever I wanted oh. and really not criticize like anything or question anything. And I realized that that was they were like the nicest people ever because I did all kinds of crazy crap. But I also like invented an island and I had a campaign and it involved like the Underdark and it was really oh, cool. fun. Yeah. Okay, so that's awesome. Uh, but I feel like that scary part is there where when you're in charge of all this stuff, it's like oh, terrifying. Oh, God, yeah. But in my opinion, when you have people to bounce off of, it gets really easy, even when it is scary. And the thing about Tremors is that it was essentially, in the beginning, it was me DMing an entire game for Brian, just Brian. Legend on of Tremors, your original webcomic that's on Tumblr. Yeah. Okay. It was... It, all I would do is I would draw the thing and write the thing, and then I'd be like, what do you do? And we did that for like awesome. two months. And it was cool, but I was starting to get freaked out. So I'm like, oh my God, like I, I'm going to run out of steam or like I'm not going to be able to keep up with him. And I started freaking out, and then suddenly it started becoming work, and then it wasn't much fun. And then he started writing it because we started getting other people interested in it. And then once he was helping with writing and world building, suddenly it was super fun and super easy, and I loved it. And I was like, "Wee, this like can't stop." And yeah. then it stopped. But it was like super <laughs> great. And it's like one of those instances where some people are lucky and they can build an entire fantasy world and have someone run through it. And it's like that's great. I can't, and it's okay to not be able to do that. I think it's okay to not be able to do that. I think it's cool to have other people help you. I think personally. Sorry, everybody. No worries. I had a few beers. <laughs> uh, for transparency's sake. Um, I think, getting back to our topic, that all the the imposter syndrome around, like, helping somebody, if you... It's like when we were talking about in earlier episodes. You didn't want to call yourself a writer because you hadn't written anything. Yeah. We, you, you have a website with my comic on it. That's literally something we both did, and it's on there. Yeah. So you, you produced it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I mean Well, no. I I it, don't want to I don't want to tell you you should be comfortable walking around calling yourself that. I guess I'm just wondering for the sake of metrics of success cuz there's looking it up. Well, it's in, hmm. if I may, it's yeah. the same way that I don't want to tell you that you should be super duper happy because it's out and the website's up and it launched cuz I don't. I don't mean to tell tales out of school, but you weren't feeling that great, uh, even when it launched. And I, I feel like uh, I've seen you come around, but I never wanted to like tell you to feel better, because because yeah. for me, like there, there's something in uh, where we're not brought to you by it, but uh, there's a book that I. I think I've referred to before the Tao of Pooh uh, by Benjamin Hoff. It's really good. Um, and it has a lot of Taoist uh, teachings and stuff all taught around Winnie the Pooh, which makes it a little more accessible. And um, one of the things in it is uh, in a long winded way that uh, the difference between the journey and the destination, that the destination will never live up to the expectation that once you get to the top of the mountain. Let's let's put it in these terms that the journey is a walk from the bottom to the top of the mountain. 
the idealization of that top of the mountain and the view and what you'll see. And maybe you'll see some other hikers up there, or maybe you won't. And, uh, oh, there will be a bird or maybe, uh, uh, who knows, like all these ideas of what could be will infinitely and always be better than the reality. Mm. And it's it, it, what the Tao of Pooh says, essentially boiled down and paraphrasing a lot is that it, you need to, that one I need to accept that the journey is the destination that, that imagining how great it's going to be is living Yeah, is we're on the journey. The reality is that like for a large percentage of us, we never reached the top, the one that we thought of when we started the journey and I think what we're talking about here about shifting metrics of success is just deciding when when you're comfortable, when yeah. you've walked enough, and that's not giving in, and this isn't about life. It's not that the top of the mountain's death. It's that you get to a point where your success does equal happiness, and you kind of just have to... I kind of just have to accept and embrace that in my opinion. Well, I just had a brain blast. Sorry. Brain blast TM. Listen, not trade by me. That's Nickelodeon. But I just realized something crazy. What's that? My metric of success is based on the reason that I'm making comics. I want to make comics so I can tell stories and have characters that people enjoy. Okay. Really, when you break it down to, I just want to have something where someone's like, oh my God, I like that, or I want to be that person. That's where the fanfic and the cosplay comes from. That's where my fantasy panels come from, where we're talking about it, because I just want this. I just want the story to be in the world, and I just want someone to like it. Uh-huh. That's my metric of success that's been turned into these more tangible things. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. But I'm with you. your metric of success is being understood by... Anything, whether it's your audience or the person you're working with or whatever, maybe, maybe the reason you're using the metric of success for writing of having written something is because that thing will be out there and people will get it, like literally get it. Maybe not even emotionally understand or be able to relate to you, but maybe it'll just be out there and they can process it. And that's part of your metrics of success, which is why you don't feel comfortable doing that. That's what's hard about being a producer because like how do you get understood through that hard Work. Sorry. No, I I had something that I wanted to respond to in there, and uh, I lost it again. But uh, I, I want to close uh, the episode with um, I have an app. Once again, this is not a plug, but I have an app on my phone called uh, My Paid Thousands of Dollars. For this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the post roll. Yeah. Uh, the um, uh, it's called My Affirmations, and uh, it's something that I have on my phone that sends me like a, a notification. Uh, randomly from a list of things that uh, I've typed into here for myself. I really hate the ones that it came with. Like a lot oh, of them. I mean, I'm sure they were. I won't bother reading them. I've deleted okay. most of them. But um, one that I really like is my metric of success is unique to me. Yeah. That pops up on my phone sometimes. And I feel like everyone's metric of success is unique to them. And for me to internalize someone else's personal metric of success to them is a recipe for suffering 
Mm. And it's a really tricky thing because there are some really, there's some good advice out there on how to live your life. And it's like an all things in moderation. But at the end of the day, I feel like I'm having an existential like crisis of I've never really thought like five, ten years down the road. I'm thinking about another affirmation that I'm alive and that's all that matters. Mm. And I can really only fail at that in one big way and I'm never gonna, so I'm doing great. And I feel like that's my metric of success. Oh, shit. And I feel happy, but it feels like I'm giving up too. But, but, but it feels, I feel okay. And like, I'm about to cry sort of way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the most important thing is feeling okay. But if it helps at all, I don't think you're giving up because you are literally helping my dream exist. (laughs) Thank you. So by default, if this is, if this is you giving up, (laughs) can you imagine? (laughs) This is scary Uh, to me. This is still (laughs) scary to me how you fucking can do the thing. Guys, we sat down across from each other and I said, Kyle, I wish we could work together. He said, let's do it. Let's do it. it. I've never experienced that before, ever. That's it, man. Ever. Yeah. So thank you for your metrics of success and whatever that means to you. And I am angry at someone who would tell you that means that you're giving up or you're failing. Yeah, and this will be a time where I firmly am pissed off at someone for saying what they believe contradicts <laughs> that thought. Yeah, because like I'm alive, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Anything else? Um, no. Okay. Bye. 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 Feeling it out.